Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. about the church. This morning we had a sensational morning and I preached a message. I really uh, think you should listen to it, podcast. Uh, why don't you join, like our C3 uh, Facebook page and we will put uh, very shortly, tomorrow I hope, the message of this morning. So the message I want to preach tonight is um, a cons- it's an abbreviated version of this morning. So I'm going to jump in at the, at the deepest end of the message and uh, I'll probably be only 15 minutes. But what it'll do, it'll change your life in terms of what it means to belong to the church and do great stuff for God. One of the key things in belonging to the church is that you then realize we're in this together. It's not a solo effort. You actually come out of being independent, saying, God, I'm cool. I don't need you. I don't need your supernatural help. I don't need your love. I don't need you. Thank you very much. I can do it myself as two-year-olds say that. Actually, I know it because I've grown up four daughters. And um, so, but when you get saved, you realize, oh yeah, I could need God. You know, God's going to give me a life, my best life. And God is ultimately the purpose of my being on the planet. So, but then he says, Jesus, I will build my church. And so what's that about? Why do we have to belong to a church? Well, church becomes a family. As our beautiful young lady said, I've found family. I've found a place to belong. And he sets the lonely in families, the Bible says. He sets the lonely in families. So ultimately, God is trying desperately to reach out to all the peoples of the earth to bring them into this beautiful place of being family with him, but family with each other in a local setting. So I heard this uh, video this morning, um, oh no, not this morning, but uh, during the week I saw a video of a guy radically saved, and uh, he says something very significant at the end. So he's a guy that gets saved, let him tell the story. But at the end, he says this, and now I want to give glory to God and serve Him. What does that to a person when they get saved, and they get saved out of selfishness, and they say, now how can I help? Sometimes that, that needs a revolution of the heart, a revolution in the mind and an avalanche from the mind to the heart to say that I want to help build the kids' room out the back. Thank you, Craig and Luke and others that are finishing. And tomorrow we've just chosen the colors this afternoon. And thank you so much. And when Luke came to the church a year ago, he says, man, I know the trade. What do you need doing? We said, we need that gyp rocked and we need that finished. And he said, I can do it. I'll be here. And so the guy turns up. He turns up out of his own life and he turns up into the life of the church. And he says, I want to help out. And so he helped build that building along with Craig and the others. But now they're out the back. And if you could see out the back, it's phenomenal. They're doing and they're serving to give glory to God. And so we want to talk about that tonight. We want to talk about ministries of the church. You've seen what we do through video, but I've got to show this video, this guy radically saved. Can we play that? My name is John Joseph. From an early age, I was totally immersed in sin. 
And as I grew older, the nature and degree of my sin became more grievous. As I transitioned into college and early adulthood, the roots of sin that had taken hold in the past began to flourish and define my life in every possible way. Giving myself completely to sin, I eventually became an alcoholic, a drug user, and a cocaine dealer. I dishonored my parents. I was a liar. I used everyone and everything for personal gain and was full of lust, greed, and hate. But God, in his mercy, removed me from my surroundings and brought me to Baltimore, Maryland. In late 2008, while at Blockbuster, I came across Bill Maher's mockumentary entitled Religious. After watching the documentary, I was annoyed at Maher's obvious bias and his portrayal of religion. And so I got on Google and searched for a debate on Christianity. What I found was Ravi Zacharias, and over the course of the next year, Ravi would completely dismantle everything I believed in. As I continued to search for more teaching on the web, God in his mercy would eventually lead me to Desiring God Ministries. On January 5th of 2010, I sat down to listen to a message on John 3.16. And prior to beginning the sermon, Mr. Piper prayed that somebody would be brought from the darkness and into the light. Being faithful and true, our Father answered. Not five minutes into the message, as I sat devastated by the reality of my sin and the impending judgment that awaited, I knew that I deserved hell. I knew that I was going to hell. I was, however, then overwhelmed by the knowledge that my sins had been forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. And our Father's kindness and mercy did not stop at salvation, as he has continued giving in ways beyond what I could ever imagine. He eventually led me to a good church, where through sound teaching and fellowship, he has caused me to grow. And has changed my heart to want to serve him every area of my life for the rest of my life and for the glory of his name. Had you seen me three years ago, you would have likely thought I was unreachable. There's, like, seriously, there's no, no reason for me to be standing here. I still can't believe that I'm standing here outside of God's power. But I stand here by grace as a testament to the power of the gospel. There is not a soul in this world that is too lost or too dead or too far from God's reach. You need to tell everyone this gospel. Do not underestimate the power of this gospel. Let's all stand just for a moment and pray. And prayer is one of your key, one of your key disciplines in your life to align your life to God. So I just pray that you would um, just pray every day. Just pray just out of the, your heart, your heart that says, God, I need you. I'm desperate. God, I need you in this day. We need you in this church, Lord. We reach out to you. We're hungry for you, God. We're thirsty for you. We're desperate. We need God in our world, in our personal world, but we need God in our region, um, in our schools, our workplaces, in families you know that are struggling. And we need God in, in this time in which we live where things are getting desperate. And look, you can see, young children can see even that the world is not quite right that things are frail, that things could, something could happen, and there's fear abounding in so many people. But God gives us faith, faith to live a radical life for Him, following Him, and, and being led by His Spirit. And in that, we become people that can offer hope and love to people that are desperate and, and unwanted, and, and they're they're lacking in just understanding that they are special. And so, Lord God, I pray C3 Tugra through Vision Builders would be a church that ministers out to a broken world, a hurting world.
and that, Lord, that we would look after ourselves firstly, that we would help each other. And a key phrase, Lord, I want to bring out of your word is one another. So one of the key things that happens when you belong to the church and come into the life of the church is that you realize that you have brothers and sisters, that you have people around you that care for you, that want to help you and lift you up. And so, Lord God, I pray that we would have a revolution in our heart, in our mind, and begin to join hands with each other and see God move through this church and reach hundreds, but thousands, and buy ambulances and feed the poor and the hungry, the needy. And so we pray, God, let us be a church that's real. Let us be your hands and feet. Let us be your voice of hope. Let us be a church on fire for you, God, in this day. And we pray for the generations, Lord, that would just take take it so much further than even my generation. And I just pray that they would do so much more in the day of their reckoning than even my generation did. So I bless the youth. I bless the younger generation to be raised up in this hour, to be anointed and to be blessed by the power of God and the saints say, amen. amen. God bless you. One of the things, um, when, I, when Julie and I got, started to come to church, because we got saved a little before we started to attend church, um, in the mid-80s, we started to attend church. It was good. It was not like I thought it was, was going to be. And um, one of the, some of the subjects they were teaching on, because it was a Pentecostal church, that's a spirit-filled church. So C3 and Hillsong and other great churches like that are uh, um, Pentecostal churches, spirit-filled churches. And so subjects were being taught that had um, a distinctive of uh, Pentecostalism, speaking in tongues, um, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, um, spiritual warfare, uh, the last days, and, and such things. Um, but then we talk about the power gifts of the ministry. That, uh, so, so the nine gifts, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the nine gifts. But then we have, which is the power ministry gifts. And which was taught a lot in, in, in our day, Julie. And so everyone was vying for the power ministry gifts, the, the word of knowledge, miracles, uh, faith. And actually a lot of things got done using those power ministries. A lot of radical stuff got done uh, in Australia, especially through the power ministries. They're the deeper ministry gifts that you can have. Uh, but can I say this? The first thing that you should have in your life is the fruits of the Spirit which is in Galatians chapter 5. The fruits of the Spirit is what's given to you when you get saved. It's the divine quality and attributes of God that are deposited on the inside of you. And then you start to manifest. It, it, it invades your personality. It invades who you are. And then propositions you as a person to be nice, to be friendly, to be loving, to be caring, it's a powerful thing that can happen in someone's life. It's the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit is like the cake, and the, the, the gifts of the Spirit is like the cream on top. That's the ministry gifts that really, that if Jesus and God, if Father God choose, can bring out one of those gifts in any one of you and use it. Word of knowledge, miracles, faith, I believe the, the, the gift of faith, which is one of the, the nine gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I reckon 
I believe this to be true. The gift of faith put this church in its own building and purchased this land, took extreme ground in the, in the, in the spirit realm and came against the hordes of, he, of, the, of, of the enemy, pushed that back because Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. The church is coming through. I was so glad to see on Instagram, Hillsong Church at the Hollywood Bowl in is that LA? Yeah. And I don't know how many people, help me, Bree, how many people does that hold? But it was full of people, 30,000, I don't know. But Brian Houston said, Pastor Brian Houston of Hillsong Church said, this is a most significant day. I will not forget this day. This is a day of the church being heralded in the world. Powerful day. And so you've got the church arising right now. In our day, unfortunately, because the fruits of the Spirit weren't practiced yeah. enough, the church didn't hold tough. Now, I'll say this because I can see a lot of people who've been through times like this. I was going to leave it out of the equation, but unfortunately, we saw in the life of the church, the church turning in on itself, criticizing each other and bickering, and, and I'll, I'll tease that out in the moment. But then, and, and, and sometimes the church was doing great, and that was happening, the church was doing phenomenally. The church was growing. Souls were being saved and great stuff was happening. But you had this carnal stuff happening, this fleshy stuff happening. Ultimately, Apostle Paul in Galatians says, there's the works of the flesh, Galatians chapter 5, and, there's the work, and then there's the fruit of the Spirit. And, and those types of people hardly get on. They're going to going to clash but it's in you personally the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit is in you and there's a war in you yeah. to determine to walk in the spirit live by faith yeah. and produce fruit and then if you can do that I just thought I'll just put it up right now if we got Nadal because I saw him play a phenomenal game the other night <laughs> phenomenal game now, this guy, I've been watching tennis for a long time, okay? I watched him play the semi-final with Djokovic the other night. Djokovic wanted to win with all his heart. But this guy, trust me, he's the guy you want on your team. He wanted to win more. And it went to five sets. It was 9-7 in the fifth set. He eventually won because of his attitude to win. Now... Yeah, this guy is awesome. He's playing tonight, by the way. The final against David Ferreira. I will be up watching that. I love this guy because he speaks to me about what a champion is. Now, when you got saved, I'll go up here because I, apparently I get dark down there. When you got saved, when you allowed your spirit to be regenerated and God's qualities and attributes were imparted into you, to give you the fruits of the Spirit, to change your personality, to change your character even, to change who you are from just, you know, maybe not being as friendly, kind, nice, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, long-suffering. All those things weren't actually happening in your life a whole bunch. But can I say this? When you got saved... Yeah, I'm saved. Your spirit came alive like Nadal. 
and your spirit is ready to rock. So really, um, ministry is about this. Let's just tease out one point, okay? Because my time is short tonight. Uh, If you go to 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11, just for the sake of some people who don't understand the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is what, you can actually have these if you choose. If you live a good life, and if, and if you allow yourself to be sanctified, because these things don't come cheap. You just don't get, oh, I'm going to have a gift of faith, man. I'm going to watch TV all the time. I'm going to just live a carnal life. Then I'm just going to snap, and I'm just going to put on my superhero suit, and I'm going to go to church, and words of knowledge and wisdom, and yeah, it just doesn't work. Because God chooses when to use that gift. So you get saved. God's aim in your life is for you to be sanctified, for you to produce the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit for me are this, is the hospitality of you and your, and your life to others. The love, the joy, the peace. The, I'm smiling on purpose, by the way. The love, the joy, because some people just can't smile. They just forget how to smile. But just try it. Just, there's... Apparently, you can, you can change the muscles in your face to, to, you just have to work out, just, come on, you have to bench press them, come we can do this, we can do this, you can do it, you can do, you can smile, it, it'll take some practice because actually, your, 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 the memory of your muscles will go south if you don't, you will just won't even the best movie, the best sunset, you're still, because your muscles are just going, I am excited. What are you talking about? I'm really excited. Yeah, but, and then of course the women say to their husband, why aren't you, uh, I am excited, the man said. (laughs) Women want, they want the proof. They want to see a smile, they want to see the flowers. They want to see the money. Amen. So again, I'll back it up. The fruits of the Spirit is the hospitality of the church, which we've been doing brilliantly. Hillsong C3 is all about being friendly, inviting. The hospitality of a believer, but of the church, is paramount, because ultimately, that's Jesus, all right? Now, the power ministry gifts that everyone was chasing in the 80s and the 90s, we need those. We need to bring them back, actually. Now we've got, we've got the fruits of the Spirit. Now we're loving on each other and we're holding tough as a church. We need the power gift, and I prophesy that, that the power ministries of the 1 Corinthians chapter 12, they're coming to bear again. You've got to go for that. You've got to get hungry for those. Youth, you've got to get hungry for those. Don't just get nice and sensible and excellent. We're just excellent. We smile and we're just excellent. We dress good. And No, you need the power gift ministries to get the work done. You're, you're, you're the devil's worst enemy if you've got those sort of gifts happening. You're going to save, because ultimately Jesus and the Father, he saves souls. His business is saving souls through uh, search, seek, help, find, save, and deliver. And the ministry of those nine gifts of the Spirit is, is, is awesome. Word of knowledge, I've got a word of knowledge for your friend. You're standing with someone, you're not getting through to them, they're just not moving. And then mid-flight, you just say, you know what, I've got a word. Does this make any sense to you? Yeah. Your mum said this, but you, yeah, and yeah, and bah, and bah, and bah. how did you know? Oh, God. 
Now that person's getting saved because you had a word of knowledge. Word of wisdom. So let's have a look at the PowerPoint. Sorry, Tim. Um, okay, so I, I didn't even quote 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. See? For the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. Some people get a word of knowledge, you know. Julie would function in that. You know what? I just believe that, man, we shouldn't do that. We should go here. To another faith. I believe the gift of faith got this church here, birthed this church. To other gifts of healing. Some people can just lay hands on people and they get, saved, get, get healed. Uh, by the same spirit to another the working of miracles some people just have this miraculous touch on their life to see miracles happen to another prophecy some people just can prophesy stuff into existence it's awesome we've done that pastor phil pringle does that all the time to another discerning of spirits some people might say you know what i just don't you know what i just feel something i just don't know what it is that's a discerning of spirits to another different kinds of tongues speaking in tongues is relevant to another the interpretation of tongues is relevant but one and the same spirit Spirit works all these things. See, it's God. It's God's Spirit distributing to each one individually as He will. So if you break those down into nine, uh, the PowerPoint, I think, would suggest uh, the word of knowledge is one, the word of wisdom, the word of prophecy, the gift of faith, gifts of healing, the workings of miracles, the discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues, the interpretation of tongues. And actually it says, you should desire, I've got some scriptures here, I think 1 Corinthians 14, 39, 14, 39, may, if they have that, talks about desiring those gifts. If, they, if you don't have it, Tim, that's fine. One of the things that, you ha that happens when you come into the life of the church is this one another. So, um, yeah, that's good. Therefore, my brothers, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. So the last 25 years of the life of the church, we've been very sensible with the church has grown considerably by exercising the fruits of the Spirit, and it's been awesome. And we've seen the supernatural gifts in operation. Julie and I have seen that over the years. But one basic virtue that we've got to stay with is the one another, and that's manifested by the fruits of the Spirit, okay? Once you discover that, once you discover that you have a mutual responsibility to your fellow believer... You discover that phrase, one and other, one and other. And this is what C3 is about. This is what our good church is about. So if you look in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, the architect for the church, he, he, he gives us th this phrase constantly, one and other. It's a key, actually, to unlocking what community is about. So if you go to Ephesians 4.16, it talks about the whole body. We're the parts of the body. That's why you've got to find your church and where you belong. Don't be just an amputated part. Come to church and be an amputated part on ice in the church. The frozen chosen. <laughs> Don't do that. You've got to find your place where you belong. He sets the lonely in families, okay? So Paul talks about the body of Christ, and he talks about this is community. Every part does its work. What does it say? Joined and held together, as the little scripture says, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, Ephesians 4, 16. If we can do that, the church will grow powerfully and magnificently. It's everyone joining hands, holding each other up, helping each other up. It's powerful. So then we have Paul's letter to the Galatians, and he contrasts the acts of the sinful nature as opposed to the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.17 says, For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, 
and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. So let me just bring out one point before I finish. The one another, the one another, because this will totally just bless you, I think, and, and help you realize what we're trying to say here. So when you come, when you come into the life of the church and get saved even, you still have a propensity even for the works of the flesh. Everyone does. Only Jesus was perfect. Then you have, I believe, more of a propensity to live a good life and exhibit the fruits of the Spirit. Amen? The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness. This is unfortunately what we've seen, probably uh, the older guys here have seen in the life of the church, which I believe is not happening as much because of sound teaching. But we went through terrible times. I'm looking at a couple here that have went through times and others probably here. We went through factions and division and bickering and stuff. And, and you know what? Those people that were involved in that are out of the church now. They're not, they're not doing God's will. They've just become normal citizens. We see them around at the shopping centers. They've lost their glean in the eye, lost their anointing, lost their call in God. It's unfortunate. But the Apostle Paul says the works of the flesh produce things like this. Uh, Galatians 5.19 says it like this. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery. 5.20, adultery, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And when you look at the one another scriptures, Paul constantly says it's one another. It's a relational thing. The kingdom of God and belonging to God and being in the church is relational. Your life has a consequence on another person, whether it's in the works of the flesh or the fruits of the spirit. The works of the flesh, because we're in relationship with each other. And this is, unfortunately, all these scriptures that typify this. Uh, lusting for one another, Romans 1.27. Judging one another, depriving one another, biting one another, devouring one another, destroying one another, provoking one another, envying one another, lying to one another, hating one another, slandering one another, grumbling against one another. That's a sad day. The, the church of Corinth was like that, and Paul sort of pulled him up and said, you guys are just like mere men. You, you know, you just, you're just not even like saved. You don't even believe God. You're just living just such a crummy life. Then Paul says, and constantly says through his scriptures, the one another again, so we're talking about you helping up, supporting and loving, joining hands, and doing great stuff for God, the fruit of the Spirit, as typified in Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Thank God for the people that are faithful in their giving in this church and serving in this church because ultimately faithfulness is what keeps marriages together, <laughs> keeps friendships together, keeps churches together. It's a powerful thing. That's a fruit that you need to have. So check this out. He says this, the fruits of the Spirit will give you this. Member of one another, being devoted to another, honoring one another, being of the same mind toward one another, loving one another, edify one another, accepting one another, 
instructing one another, greeting one another, greeting one another, waiting for one another, caring for one another, serving one another, caring, carrying one another's burdens, bearing with one another, submitting to one another, esteeming one another, encouraging one another, confessing sins one to another, praying for one another, offering hospitality to one to another, fellowshipping with one to another. That sort of church, that sort of church, my friends, holds tough through the the good times, the bad times, and has a unity of mind, unity of spirit, and we do great stuff for God. The other works of the flesh causes division. The church breaks down. We lose people. Uh, We lose momentum. We lose life. Uh, And it's a sad day. I believe in this scripture and in the architect, in the mind of Paul, the architect of the church, that this picture actually shows us what church is about. I actually deliberately found this uh, this picture, and because it speaks about when you come into the life of the church that yes, it's about lifting that one up out of darkness, out of the doldrums, out of depression, out of sickness, out of stuff, stuff. You're lifting them up, joined and held together by every supporting ligament. Ephesians 4.16, we are the church. We are phenomenal. When the church is happening like this, we are unstoppable. We join together. That's what the finances are about. We join together. Flakiness is attending a church and you're not joined. You don't care about other people around you. You just, and amen. Because Julie and I went through years and years of seeing people ecstatic for God. But they weren't caring for people. They weren't loving on each other. They weren't, they weren't in it in the good times, the bad times. And they weren't giving collectively for the cause of Christ. And of course, a lot of people, unfortunately, saw that hypocrisy and said, you know what? That doesn't look real great. That's not the church. And you know what? The world will see it. The world will see a church that's like this. You know those radical guys down Sid Street? Man, they just, they just hold, lock, and they just, they, they just hang tough, man, through the good times, the bad times. They, they, they just, they're, they're buying ambulances now. They're, they're reaching out to the high schools now again. And you know, uh, this, this is, these guys are crazy. They love each other. When you walk into their church, the love is, is manifested. It's real. It's on them, around them. And, and man, it gets on you. It's scary stuff. And it will be for some who's not used to having that love coming at them. You, and just realize that sometimes people are not used to this love. Be careful of how much love you share, show someone. Could freak them out. Just, just take it easy. Just standing there in your grace and in your love will do all the all the good. You don't have to shout. You don't have to. You don't have to do anything. Just, just be friendly. Fruits of the spirit. Smile on the dial. Be hospitable. Hey, you need a water? Let me buy you a drink. Let me buy you coffee, man. Hey, you need a lift? Jump in. It starts there. 
the more is the nine gifts of the Spirit. Now, if you, if, you, if you get yourself, you can go deeper in God and get those nine gifts of the Spirit. It's profound. So church, let's all stand. God bless you. Whoa. Thank you, Father. Whoa. If you get a handle of that, woo! Man, this church is going places. Ultimately, it's vision builders. Can I, yeah, can I have the vision builders uh, logo up there again? Just to help some people understand this. This is a theme for vision builders. This is the promised land. We believe we're coming out of somewhat the wilderness, of struggling somewhat in the wilderness. That's where a lot of people are. We're coming out, we're actually going into our best life. This represents the promised land as depicted in the Bible. There was a promised land flowing with milk and honey, the blessings, the gold and the silver was in the hills and there was so much resource, they couldn't even contain it. It was just running, running over. It was abundant, it was profound, it was awesome. This church, I believe, is going into days of glory, days of abundance, days of increase. This church is holding fast through tough love, love that people will see and say, my God, those people really do love each other and they help each other up in times of crisis. They are a church that is bound together by the power of God's love. And they are doing extraordinary things because one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. And this church is known for doing great exploits in God because we believe in our God. We believe in Jesus. He is building His church. He's building your family, blessing your family, blessing your children. And in doing that, the church is growing. It's exciting. I'm excited about it. This is the A plan of God. You belonging to the church, but friend, one another. Now join hands because we're going to do a one another prophetic, symbolic. Jesus, we come to you as the body of Christ. We're the parts. You are the head. You are the mind. You lead us. You guide us. We're the body. Now, Lord, lead us. We're your, we're your feet. We're your hands. We're your smile. We're your eyes. We're your gesture of hope and love to a broken world. Lord, I pray C3 Tugra would be a church on fire in God, in the purposes of the living God. We're not playing religion. We're not playing church. We are the body of Christ, expressing the great love of God through all the region, through the marketplace, through the schools, through the businesses. We are the body of Christ. And we join together through the tough times, the bad times. And Lord, we're helping each other up right now. And just say this, Lord Jesus, I'm going to stand with my brother and sister. I'm going to see them reach their destiny of their best life. We're going through the wilderness. We're going into the promised land. We're bringing our families, our children, our loved ones, our husbands, our wives. We're going in. We're possessing the land. We got vision. Our eyes are open. Helen Keller said, someone asked her, what's the worst thing that you can be afflicted with, Helen? Helen was a blind woman. She was an entrepreneur already. She had done great stuff for the blind people of the world. And she says this, that you can see, but you can't see. You don't have vision. Lord, now put your eyes, okay, put your hands on your eyes. Cleanse my eyes that I may see the harvest. 
see the vision of the church arising. The Bible says in Isaiah that the church will become the chief mountain of the world. And all the mountains of fame and idolatry, materialism, and whatever, whatever, those mountains will bow. And the mountain of the Lord, even kings will flock. Even governments and nations will flock to the mountain of the Lord. Now, Lord, let me see the last day's harvest. Let me see the church on fire. Let me see being included in the church as a valuable part of the house of God. Lord, I am your hands. I am your feet. I am you, God. You're in me. I am your church, Lord God. This is the hour, my friend. The games are over. We're rescuing a lost people. There's a crisis at hand. And it's people separated from God. God is in the ministry of rescuing, seeking, and saving the lost. If you're believing for the power gifts, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I right now ask you to stir it up in your heart, stir it up in your life. The power gifts, we need them. They're sensational. They're awesome. It's a breakout of our God in a given situation where He comes and avails Himself in a desperate situation. If you're believing for miracles, if you've got a gift of faith, if you can prophesy, if you've got a word of wisdom, if you've got a word of knowledge, I pronounce the blessings of God on you to come alive in the greater gifts of God right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for all the rest of us and all of us to manifest the fruits of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the long-suffering, Lord. Let us walk in the character of God. Let us walk with the character of God. Let us walk with a friendliness, a kindness, a hospitality that says, hey, friend, God's good. Let me take you there to Him. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3tugra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.